Welcome, listeners, to Hell Has a Prison Act 2. And I won't keep you awesome beauties waiting on any kind of prelude, but I must thank those that support this show, because they're awesome. Matthew J. Bauer, the brilliant, Maya Marvelous, divided by Zero the Champion, I own cows, herder of power, and Lee Bauer, comprise of pure power. Thank you for your level of support. You're all just marvelous. And my old gray enforcers, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Crisanto, Mace Joe, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffaelli, Michelangelo Iacone, and Robert Fisher. Thank you all for your support. Now let's sink our teeth into this ongoing series by Red Nova Tyrant. Enjoy. Act 2 I wasn't the only one falling. Once the ground gave way to an immeasurable cavern, I was able to discern the forms of other bodies falling from the ceiling as well. All of us were bloodied and burnt, flailing helplessly as we fell down towards the rocky terrain below. The only ground I could see was a mountainous pillar, surrounded by an even larger pit, from which no source of light could be seen. Fires burned viciously across the surface of the highest layer, and magma poured off the sides of the pillar in some areas. Large islands of stone floated freely all around it, some linked back to the mainland by large rusted chains. This couldn't be happening. On the way down, I was paranoid that this might have been the destination my spirit was being dragged to. But I didn't want to believe it. I couldn't. Not until I was there. I tried to swim around in the air, but it hurt to move with my body being completely singed. The closer I got to the ground, the more panicked I became. My heart began pounding profusely, and more blood began leaking from some of the cracks in my charred skin. We finally landed after what seemed like ages. Some of the fallers were pierced by large spires of stone scattered throughout, and joined in the ominous choir of screams that echoed throughout the area. I hit the dust hard, my skin reacting harshly to it being coated in filth. I could feel something inside my left arm splinter and crumble, finally making me scream. I was already beyond terrified on the inside, but the broken bone had finally brought me out of the shock. The dust had entered most of my wound, making my skin react to it. There were spots of drying blood everywhere, pooling around jagged stones and broken bones alike. The air was hot, and it hurt to breathe in. I said nothing and stayed where I was, crying in agony. <laughs> I keep praying that this was just some freakish nightmare, but the physical pain was far too real. Shaking, I slowly raised my head, looking around, and finally caught a glimpse of the realm's occupants. The demons looked exactly as one would think of them, bat-like wings, horrific horns adorned their dark red skulls, and monstrous hulking forms that looked capable of snapping every part of my body in two. I was watching another person having a spasm on the ground, writhing in torment like myself when one appeared. It started out as a smoke slowly pouring out from the person's back, growing denser with time and not affected 
by the dusty whirlwind on the plateau. And once it had formed the shadowy outline of the creature, it walked out of the smog and grabbed the man around his neck before dragging him away. I'd eventually learn the truth behind this, but at the time, my eyes were transfixed on the monster, hoping with all my heart that it wouldn't take me with the other victim. I followed their movement to where they were headed. It was a massive bridge, built on the bones of some ancient and titanic being. The dark clouds circled around us onto the other side, creating a spiral of red and grey above. I noticed a rock nearby that I could hide behind, so using my good arm and fighting the pain, I dragged the rest of my broken body over. If this was hell, I was going to avoid my eternal punishment for as long as possible. As I pulled my ruined body across the ash, I noticed something about my arm. There were fewer cracks in the charred skin than earlier, and the bleeding had stopped. Suspicious, I looked to different spots on my body. My left arm was still broken, but the skin was one continuous charcoal texture. No gashes, no cuts, nothing. I touched along its surface and winced as my fingers pulled the blackened skin apart, reopening some of the wounds before taking my hand away and letting it reset. A metal boot stomped onto the crust of my forearm and I screamed once again, looking up through strained tears to see the perpetrator. My eyes traveled from the heavy foot up the wispy ash gray cloak to the shadowy face of this 10 foot tall monstrosity. It breathed quietly yet eerily and it was adorned in rusted armor giving it the appearance of restraints rather than protection. Tendrils of smoke flowed from its head, concealing any facial features. But the part that irked me the most was what came from its back. There were six large wings, or rather, the stumps of what were once wings, protruding out from behind its body. The tips were seared and black, and only a few feathers could be seen dangling from its limbs either smoldering or burned up. I couldn't help staring in fearful awe, but the feeling was snatched away quickly and replaced with more pain as the fallen angel twisted the heel of its boot into my arm, crushing the black layer of skin into dust. The salty tears cooled just tiny parts of my face, though I imagined they would stop coming soon and only the screams and feelings would be left. The boot lifted, and the angel lowered its head. Now I could hear it. It hadn't been breathing, but rapidly whispering a series of dialects, too fast for me to discern what it was saying. It was greatly intrigued by the wound it had just created, and its face jerked upward to meet mine. I stared into its abyssal mask, forgetting to breathe. The whispering stopped and in a voice that made my brain rattle, it spoke one word. Came beyond. With its rusted gauntlet, it yanked me by what hair I had left and started taking me across the bridge. I yelped and flailed, trying to escape its grasp while feeling my scalp begin to split. When the chunk of my hair came off in its hand, it reached back and caught my neck, continuing onwards while I gasped in desperation for a breath of air. 
My brain was pounding, constantly asking for more oxygen, but it would not black out. Slowly, I dragged across the bridge to a certain doom through ash and wind, and my body would not go unconscious. Hell certainly lived up to its name. As my mind continued screaming for a breath of air, my eyes gingerly gazed upon the angel's wound to see what the stink was about. And that open sore, amongst the peeling skin and seared muscles, were scales. Right at the edge of the wound, just barely glinting in the fire's light, were a series of small, purple scales. The image repeated in my mind as I stared back at my trail in the dust. The same question looped in my brain. What was that? I almost half expected the fallen angel to answer, but instead continued to whisper eternally in its many tongues. I lacked any strength to fight back, and so we continued on, deeper into hell. If my body hit a stone, the shockwave of pain would spread throughout my body, waking me for just a moment and making me aware of my surroundings. I saw lines of people, thousands burnt and afraid, being carried by their demons. The angel continued on, ignoring the cries and screams of those poor, unfortunate souls. My throat was only released when the fallen one tossed me to the ground, before a different group of demons at the edge of the abyss. I tried to speak, to beg for mercy, but all that came out were wheezes and coughs. The two demons stepped away from a large metal vehicle that sat on the cliff and approached. Well then, what do we got here, Rakiel? The first demon asked. I assumed it was talking to the fallen. My ability to understand them made my eyes widen in surprise, into which one of them kicked some dust from the ground. I blinked furiously to get as much dust out of my eyes as possible so I could witness what was going on. With my heart racing at a hundred miles a minute, when my vision cleared, I saw a pair of hoofed feet standing before me. The red fur strangled around it. My back tensed, and I slowly moved my gaze upwards to see the commotion. The angel said nothing, at least nothing in response, as its whispering continued, and just pointed down toward me violently. The wing stubs fluttered and spread out for a moment, causing some of the feathers to fall from their spots. From its body language, I couldn't help but feel that Rakil was angered towards them, though I couldn't understand why. Oh, look at Mr. Big Shot there. Demon One replied in a relaxed fashion, while the second stepped back, a fang biting on its lip in concern. Just remember your place, Fallen. Or perhaps you want to join her? You just watch yourself and you can join the fate of your brethren in the basement. Got it? The demon was right in front of the angel now, growling and staring him down. Despite being half the height, and likely a quarter the strength of his adversary. Raquel made no movement before slowly approaching me and pulling a piece of metal off of his armor. He clasped my wrists and ankles in chains, immediately bringing back the panic of drowning. I began to resist and fight against the restraints. Take note. Unit L-6057 experiences trauma towards bondage 
at the wrists and ankles. The second demon said aloud. Stop messing around. We gotta get it to Apol before it turns completely. Don't worry. If it was a devourer, it would have already happened. It'll need time before it shows. Just get it in the boat. Rapil, come here. Demon 2 called out. The angel made its way back over, then tossed me back onto the boat and turned away, traveling back where I had landed. The demons let out a slew of curses under their breath. Some of their words were unfamiliar, but from the tone they seemed to be the same effect. Something moved behind me, kicking me in the butt. I forced my body to roll over and came face to face with a pair of bright white eyes behind a mask of coal-colored skin. They were wide and afraid, with their mouth gagged on top of the similar cuffs to mine. I tried to answer back somehow, but I could only nod a little before being yanked back in the other direction, receiving a punch to the gut as punishment. No conversations between prisoners. The annoyed demon from before shouted. His breath hit me harder than the punch, and I gagged and heaved. Though nothing escaped my lips, a gag was fitted in its place. Now, I was like everyone else. I felt the ship jostle and bounce, then slowly it began moving across the gaping abyss. Hell creatures patrolled around us, armed with talons and fangs sharper than anything to be found on Earth. The shock of just being in hell had very slightly begun to wear off, replaced by the compiling terror of what awaited me down here. The boat docked with the same kind of roughness as it had left, as though it were crashing into the floating island of rock we were now on. There were only four of us on the boat, and each were carried off by two demons. There was only one structure on the isle, surrounded by an enormous wall. It had to be at least ten stories tall, which seemed excessive even in this place, One gate existed and opened at our approach. Above it read, Apollyon, Cambian Containment Facility. A prison? The thought surprised my brain. Why would you need a prison in a place already meant to inflict suffering on the sinful? The purple scales flashed in my mind, and that word the fallen angel had said, Cambion, is that what I was? Was that why I was being taken here? What made me different? Once past the wall, which took some time to walk through, an ebony castle of sorts awaited us on the other side. Barbed wire and spiked poles blocked every window. Fire burned in torches and cauldrons surrounding the prison. There were hellspawns flying around the outside, watching over us from on high. One particularly large monster probably a little taller than the angel from earlier, was coming out of the main gate, escorted by two other fallen ones. Satan immediately came to mind. More fuses. The devil asked, his voice booming towards us. Four more, sir. Very well. You know the drill. He approached and looked down at me, then pinching my charred cheek, He ripped off a layer of the torched skin, 
My muffled cries made him laugh. <laughs> Before gesturing us into the prison, I could feel the blood racing from my face and down my neck. We were first taken into a large room. The interior walls were old and worn, the spikes driving outwards, looking ready to break off at any moment in their rusted states. Several fiends awaited us there, claws unsheathed, and an aura of bloodlust exuding from them. They began to claw and kick and scratch at all of us, tearing away our blackened exteriors until only muscle, blood, and pieces of scale remained. After the restraints were taken away, I cradled my bleeding form, hugging myself gently but hurting regardless. Claws wrapped around my arm, and I yelped as I was forced to my feet and escorted up a stairway to the higher floors. I looked back for a moment, fearful to be separated from my kin, but a free hand forced my head forward. The first thing that surprised me when entering the cell block was the sound, or rather, lack thereof. There wasn't the shouting of fellow prisoners, no arms reaching out to grab me, no whistling at the naked girl before them. Not that they could, anyways. Every cell was locked behind a larger steel door, old and browning, with two large chains forming an X across its surface and a padlock in the center. In place of general prisoner rowdiness, only after a few minutes of walking, all I could hear was the low, guttural growl of something insidious within the prison's depths. I swallowed, then turned to my guard. What was the- My answer came in the form of talons digging into my exposed tissues. Quiet. He grumbled. We continued down the corridor, stopping in front of a door. Another fallen angel rounded the corner, a hefty sword lacking a hilt strapped to its back. The demon nodded to it, his claws still dug into my muscles. The angel then proceeded to whisper faster than the others I had heard, steadily growing in volume, until I heard a sound like shattering glass. The padlock and chains had been broken, falling to jagged pieces on the ground. I would have been amazed if I wasn't so terrified of the absolute darkness I saw within the cell. With a shove, I stumbled forward, cutting the soles of my feet on the shrapnel at the door's base before falling onto the floor. Cowering, I looked through the red light at the fallen angel, who stood in front of the door, a shadow covering its body. The creature began to whisper quickly again, and the pieces of the metal began to reform into the door. I managed to crawl over to the door just before the last beam of light disappeared, and I rested there against the wall. Finally, able to sob in hopeless despair. I waited for something to come out of the dark and devour me. Not that I would see it coming. There was no light in this cell. As in, I could not even see my own hands. No crack of light from around the door's edges. No barred windows, which confused me the most, as I had seen them coming in. Nothing but pitch black. So I waited, fearful to venture too far from the door. Waving around blindly for a moment, I placed a shaky hand on its exterior to acknowledge its presence, 
but in the place of rust crumbling under my gentle touch, all I felt was a continuation of the wall's surface. I turned and ran both hands over the wall, but there were no bumps or ledges to feel. The door was gone. I swallowed. Barely any saliva left to wet my parched throat. I tried to stay calm, sniffing from my last bout of tears. I continued patting my hands along the walls, even though it stung to touch. I followed along the wall, but there were no changes in texture anywhere. I also noticed that the width of my cell seemed awfully large. Counting my footsteps, I found myself back where I'd believed the door to be originally, then turned around and stumbled forward with arms outstretched, looking for the back side of the cell. I made sure to count how far I had gone. 106. 107. Minutes passed and I hadn't found the other end of the room. My mind could barely wrap itself around the size of this room, but I was too tired to care. The best option was to just turn around and wait by the door again. So backwards I stepped, counting down from triple digits to double then to single. When I reached the wall, I let my body fall back to rest against it. My head made a sickening crack and my ears rang as yet another pain seared through my body, but the cause had been my own doing. I hit the floor. Dizzied and panicked, I reached out, trying to touch the smooth surface. I needed to get my bearings. Now my only reliable knowledge of getting out of this place was useless, and I started to lose my mind. I screamed. I shouted. I pounded on the door. I demanded to be set free. I rolled around in my own torment, sometimes falling off mysterious ledges and breaking a bone in the process. There was no predictability in this cruel realm, and I was but a slave to its whims. With every chance to heal, I would feel across my body for changes. Sometimes there were hard bits sticking out of my skin. Were they claws, spikes, talons? Or was it just another broken bone jutting outwards? The scales were the easiest to tell. They slowly grew across my back, under my armpits, and down the sides of my torso. As they formed, they grew exceedingly itchy, especially since they didn't spread all across my body. There were large patches of skin left visible, revealing the more beautiful aspects of my body, while the rest turned into a reptilian nightmare. I scratched viciously at the borders between scale and skin, even though it hurt just as much as it relieved. My forearms and thighs were scarred by the scratching, now with a clear transition between muscle and scale. My fingers had grown larger, causing me to underestimate their position and poke myself in the eyes on many occasions, as well as tear more skin and tissue. I was a child, picking at an unending scab, Rivers of blood dividing the two types of my exterior. It felt as though it had been three days since being introduced to my cell that my head began to hurt. It wasn't coming from the brain, but rather of the front of my cranium. At the skin, like a painful pimple. It felt swollen in two different spots, and so I was forced to wail and moan while something else pushed its way out of my skull. 
When the pain grew to be too much, I made use of my new claws and ripped at the skin there too. I remember the taste of blood running down to my mouth as I gingerly touched the spots afterwards. Horns. Tiny pointed horns of bone protruding from my head. To know that I was becoming a freak, but to not be able to see it, I feared what I'd look like if a mirror was placed in front of me. I wouldn't even be looking at the same person, or a person at all. It would be whatever she-demon, monstrosity, I had become. When I wasn't being tossed around by pitfalls and slanting floors, I wept to the truth of my situation. One day there was a sound. Aside from my cries of agony, nothing had ever made a noise within my cell. I looked behind me and immediately shielded my eyes as a stream of light quickly took over the cell. I was laying in the exact spot I had landed when the cell was first open. Once my eyes had adjusted enough to the light, I looked down to see the pile of red and brown ooze I was sitting in. Pieces of skin and bone floating atop a putrid sludge of rotten blood. And only now did the smell hit me. My guts heaved and tossed themselves up into the mess, and as I recovered from the violent spill, an arm hooked itself under mine and yanked me out of the darkness. They took me to another area of the prison, and for a short while, that escort felt like heaven. Perhaps that's what they wanted, only to tear that away from me too and plunge me deeper into despair. The trip was not entirely happy though, as I was finally able to get a good look at myself. My heartbeat lost its rhythm as I saw the glint of my scales in the firelight. I turned my palms over and back multiple times, trying to come to terms with my new form. It felt really strange, learning the sensation of the scales scrape over one after, the other being used to the way skin folds. I was going to reach up to feel just how long my horns had grown, but one of the guards just forced my arm back downwards. Another vicious growl shook the building as I was led to a large pair of double doors. One guard reached forward and knocked onto it. To which a familiar voice answered. Enter. The doors swung open to reveal a dungeon most medieval. The typical way one would imagine such a place, spike and chains, other humanoid figures like myself hanging limp across the rugged stone walls in awkward positions, and the large demon I had seen upon arrival. Greetings, L6057. It's time for your first reset. Satan grinned in only the way a devil could, before snapping his clawed fingers. The guards hurried me over to the wall, towards a series of metal cuffs, the rope around my wrists and ankles, the plunge into the water, the constant fading of reality, the pain of gasping for air. It overwhelmed my mind, destroying any ability to resist the guards' actions. So by the time I had managed to escape the memory even remotely, I was already tethered down, with a lord of hell raising a rusty mace above his head. The reset, as he put it, was nothing less than torture. Simply put, and highly oversimplified, it was just torture. My bones were meticulously broken, as though he were performing surgery. One finger bone at a time, 
My hand became worthless. Sometimes he didn't even need to use harsh violence to hurt. A grazing claw along my smooth face led to much worse things. Having a broken jaw made things easier for him. At least the dirty-minded ones knew to be gentle. At least they paid me well. At least I wanted it with them. I found myself drifting and reflecting on my sins from when I was alive to break free from the situation. It didn't lessen the pain, but at least I wasn't concentrating on it. Maybe that's what they wanted, though. It was going to hurt either way. I just chose to let the emotional pain sink in, too. I deserved this. I had earned this. This was my eternal reward. The last job and payment. When the punishment wasn't ironic in nature, it was cruel and unforgiving. Having my scales plucked off one by one with dirty tweezers, a needle pushed under each fingernail and slowly lifted upwards, pushing the claw out of its place and leaving a raw, bloody tip of meat. Having my feet and hands dipped into pools of lava and red-hot iron pear, covered in spikes inserted where it could fit. Nothing was off-limits to him, and while I tried to distract my mind, the sudden bursts of misery yanked me back into the dungeon and back into despair. I tried reaching out to God sometimes, asking for him to get me out. I didn't hear an answer. I barely remember being dragged back to my cell, all I could feel was the burning hurt and pangs of hunger from my reset. My consciousness began to wake up as we approached the cell, and I tried to wrestle my way out of the demon guard's grasp, but every movement only caused more pain. Please! Was the only word I managed to mutter, tears beginning to form in my eyes once again. One of the guards scowled at me, but ignored my cry. From my one good eye, I could see the same angel open my cell door. My body wanted to struggle, but it was far too battered to do so. I landed in the sludge, immobile and broken, as darkness overcame me once again. And that became the cycle. Once I had healed enough to the point that I even thought of fighting back or breaking out, it was reset time. I'd be escorted to Satan's office, the reset would be administered, and then I was tossed back into the dark. To make the cell worse still, a new tier of punishment had been added. The first time it happened, I was terrified that I was really going to die. That they had put something else in the cell with me to finish me off. The shadows began to strike. There was no pattern or reason to their assaults at entirely random intervals. I would be struck by something in the dark. Sometimes it was just one blow. Other times, it felt like multiple beings stabbing across my body. I could never sleep or close my eyes. There was no time to rest. As the years went on, or so I thought it had been years, my soul began to die. Hope was a joke. Resistance was beyond futile. God refused to answer the phone. I became a near shell of a living creature, my mind growing dull and quiet. But it was never enough to escape the punishments. 
I was trapped in a grave of my own design. And this concludes Act 2. Well, it looks like I wasn't horrendously off the mark regarding our main character. I mean, she didn't turn into a succubus, but instead a cambion. But there was some level of transformation involved, so I'm going to give myself a point on that one. <laughs> and when I read further about cambions, I found that they were the offspring of incubus, succubus, or demon. So this means her family on either side must have also been of demon descent. The plot thickens, my friends. Now listeners, I'm going to be releasing an old time radio episode on Friday because I'll be out celebrating my birthday. Woohoo! And I don't want to rush the next act. So as we speak, I'm editing the next episode of Old Time Radio Stories for your lovely ears so that you're not without anything this Friday. This series will continue Monday though, without interruption mates. Thank you so much for listening. And if you get a chance, or have a couple of seconds, leave the podcast a review on iTunes. It helps me find more lovelies like you. Thanks mates, and as always, till next, we meet.